Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel. Today I'm here with Ella Stream, who some of you may know as Brills. What's up? So you're actually born in Israel, right? That's right. And how old were you in, until you like moved here? Uh, I moved to New Jersey when I was five. Oh, was it for your parents' job or? Uh, yeah. What yeah, they, they were just living the American dream, coming here to just be business owners and try to make a better life for themselves. And mm -hmm. it's that classic story. Yeah. What kind of businesses did they do? Like family business? Restaurants. Oh, yeah. so you grew up in that whole environment. Yeah, they had a, like a coffee shop diner that I would go to after school and get like cheeseburgers my friends would come and we'd get free food <laughs> so yeah it was good times mm -hmm. where do you think you got your creative side from then definitely not my parents <laughs> i don't know uh i think i got it from i don't know source energy spirit like somehow it just runs through me it comes mm -hmm. from somewhere um i don't know <laughs> it's a good question i haven't figured that yeah. out yeah but early on, you always felt like you couldn't really fit in, right? Uh, yeah, I think like being from another country and then moving around a lot. I think socially, I was a bit awkward. Mm. But but even just in general, yeah, I always felt like kind of an outcast in my family, in school, um, with the kind of things I was into, subculture things. I always related to musicians and art that really expressed those same things. Mm -hmm. What kind of subcultures were you into at that point when you were growing up? I mean, when I was growing up, it was really just about like either punk rock, hardcore music, skateboarding, uh, inline skating for a while, heavy metal, underground rap. I was really into a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And you started instruments kind of young, right? Was that something your parents like gave you classes or no no i taught myself oh, wow. pretty much everything basically like one of our family activities was to go to garage sales on sunday yeah and whenever there was like a broken acoustic guitar <laughs> or like a weird little casio i just beg my parents to buy it and they'd be arguing with the person like we'll give you three dollars we'll give you two dollars <laughs> but yeah of, basically yeah. i had this whole assortment of just like broken run down like practically trashed things and i'd play drums on pots and pans and I don't know, I just always felt, it was, I just always thought it was cool, like, and it was like foreign in my house, like, my parents didn't even listen to music, oh, really. Oh, wow. They like music, right, just like everyone likes music, but there was not, like, music playing, they didn't have, like, favorite bands, like, they didn't go to, you know, I don't know, it was weird. So but, I mean, yeah. it was also, it was a blessing and a curse, you know, because I got to kind of be in my own environment, and, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, did you find out a lot of your own interest through the internet? or well, friends back then? In the beginning, I would say up until I was like 15, 14 or 15, basically my interest was whatever was mainstream because oh. the internet, I think, came out, <laughs> I don't know, when I was like 14 or 15. So there wasn't, no, you couldn't find anything unless it was on TV or was on the radio. But basically once I started playing guitar, then I started discovering a lot of old music and a lot of mm. classic rock. And then 
once I started kind of getting into DJ culture and beatboxing, I started discovering a lot of like rave music and buying vinyl, going to record stores. And I think playing instruments and getting into music is what kind of expanded my horizons. And then obviously once I got my license, I started driving up to New York and yeah. going to parties out there and yeah. Did you like school growing up? No. <laughs> I, I couldn't stand school. I just like didn't ever want to be there. Didn't ever feel comfortable being there. Uh, I was just like a loner most of the time. Mm -hmm. Like I had more friends outside of my school, like kids from my neighborhood or kids that I met. Like I went to martial arts for a while and oh. made some friends there. And so, yeah, I always had like just weird assortment of different friends and from different activities mm -hmm. and stuff. And you also got into music through video games, right? The music from that. Yeah, I thought about, I, you know, I put a lot of thought into that. It's like, because my parents didn't really fuck with music too much, mm -hmm. I think at an early age, I started playing video games when I was five. <laughs> and I just think about most of the music that I heard was that 8-bit 80s video game music. And I just think it's like part of mm -hmm. my like fiber that when I got older, I just resonated with electronic music. Like there was something about it that just, I don't know, it just felt right mm -hmm. more than anything else. And you were really into the band scene. Did you tour with like Linkin Park? Yeah, so coming out of high school, I was a drummer in a couple of bands. And then one of the bands I was in, uh, we were like doing pretty well. And basically we're like the kind of local opener for all the big national acts that came through. Oh. So we did shows with like pretty much any band that was like killing it in like, you know, like 2002, 2003 time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like programming like beats and synths and drum machines like along with my drumming. And like Linkin Park was like very successful because that was part of their aesthetic. Obviously they're great songwriters too, but from a production standpoint, that was like super fresh back then. And so, yeah, that was, that was a cool time. And then uh, we got like offered a record deal. We got flown to LA, but it just kind of imploded. And that was right around the same time where I realized that if I learned production, I could just write the whole song by myself. That like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be in a band with someone for years and years and then things wouldn't work out because of someone else. Maybe I'm a control freak now, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know, the idea of doing it all myself, writing all the music, playing all the instruments, it just sounded like the next step. Mm -hmm. And then were your parents supportive of all this music or did they actually want you to go to college and stuff? My parents were very supportive of all my musical endeavors mm -hmm. until I told them I wasn't going to go to college. <laughs> then they fucking flipped out. Can I curse on this? Yeah. They were not happy. They would call my friends and secretly have them come over and talk to me what? about, hey, you should go to college. And I was like, dude, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> um, yeah, they were not stoked at all. And then a year later I show up and I'm like, peace out, moving to LA. And they were like, what? Oh my they were gosh. like, you don't have money. Like, how are you gonna survive? Like, what are you thinking? Whatever. And I just went and I did it. Uh, and it was like a rough road. And there was even a couple years I didn't even talk to my parents because I just had to get rid of anyone that was trying to just crash my dreams. Just couldn't have them around, parents or friends or whatever. Um, one of my mentors at the time, he gave me a thousand bucks. He was like, get your plane ticket right now. That's all I need is one person mm -hmm. that was like, go. 
By the way, a thousand bucks was gone like five days. <laughs> like that's like nothing in LA. It's like anyway. So yeah, it was kind of a a crazy mm -hmm. a crazy road. Like homeless for a couple years. Not like on the street, but didn't have a place to yeah. live. Didn't you like shout out your girlfriend before his place and her mom wasn't there? Yeah. So <laughs> so I, me and my girl, uh, who's my wife now. Oh, nice lived in a studio like a recording studio that had an extra room so we set up in there so we could both work on music and not have to get jobs and not have to pay rent but there was no shower there was no kitchen there was a bathroom and so we'd live there and like we had to sneak around because you're not supposed to live there so it was like very like sketchy and then her mom would go to work and we'd go to her mom's house and like shower up and then go back to the studio and just work and work and we did that for like two years wow. and then finally like was doing production for some like other artists and figuring out ways to make money got a really small apartment shithole apartment but <laughs> at least it had a kitchen and it had a shower so it was like it was like the next level of progress I mm -hmm. guess um, did you have a moniker before Brails or did you go straight from the band scene to uh, me and my wife had a band together called Ultraviolet Sound, which was like kind of like really active during like the MySpace era. Oh. And that's how I met a lot of the DJ and bass music friends that kind of inspired me to do Brills. Like I was always into that kind of music, but our band was like this kind of like three piece electro, electro pop slash bass music band mm. so we would do for example like we play our own music but then when we would do like a dubstep version of strawberry fields by the beatles like we were doing some crazy shit but we couldn't get booked anywhere because we weren't a dj but we weren't exactly a band it's like we just didn't fit into something that promoters or clubs can put mm. us on but there was a while where they were putting some live acts on DJ nights, and so that's how I met like Kill the Noise, oh. who ended up being a big influence, and we've stayed friends. Um, and yeah, that's how I really like kind of saw the kind of bass music world or electro world at the time a little bit more kind of clearly. And basically, what I saw is like here I am writing all this music, putting this whole band together, like loading up, like touring in a van. Meanwhile, this guy is just showing up with his backpack and just playing music <laughs> off CDJ. Like, that life sounds kind of dope. And I like that music a lot. Maybe I should do that. I always like made my beats on the side anyway. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, I think after a while I was just like, you know what? I've always like been in bands and like been a collaborator. I want to just do my own thing, mm -hmm. follow my own passion and my own vision. Yeah. And I wanted to find the most like obscure underground like thing that no one was doing and like something that I resonated with. Yeah. And at the time I was like, oh okay, like hip hop and dance music. Mm -hmm. Like that those two, why aren't those two yeah. coming together? Like who's doing that? Mm -hmm. You know? So that's kinda where I that's kinda yeah. how I ended up yeah. doing the first like real mm -hmm. stuff. Did you ever consider being in a duo with your wife as Brills or? Uh, I mean, we did some songs together, Yeah. but honestly, like, our struggle was so intense at one point mm -hmm. that we literally had to look at each other and go, hey, we should do our separate things because two chances are better than one. Oh, so one of us is going to make it. <laughs> and like, and like, you know, because man, when you're, we were like 29 years old 
and like still just like no breaks just like where are we gonna get money how are we gonna eat like I would sell instruments and like literally eat like subway every day oh it's yeah. just not a good life <laughs> but just didn't give up but yeah we just decided like we got to work on our own careers mm -hmm. just to be smart just because like we have double the odds yeah <laughs> you know what do you think sparked your initial momentum out here uh, uh hmm i think i'm not really sure um I think my my initial momentum came from some of the early friends that I developed that were really like influencers in the scene that just kind of knew me as Sammy and someone that was in a band and someone that kind of hangs out. And I think that when I started the Brills Project and my music was like resonating and connecting with people, I think it was kind of just an exciting time and I was making music that was exciting at the time and the kind of friends that I had, uh, they were really excited to support it. And I think the combination of that really just created a lot of like buzz right off the bat. Mm. And how did you meet like the early people, like Mad Decent back then? Uh, I did a collab with et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> and he had worked with uh, Diplo and Mad Decent. And so the next day he sent it to him and then he hit us up and was like, I want to sign this. That was it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and were you working other jobs? I made a commitment when I moved here that I would never work any job that didn't have to do with music. Wow. That's why <laughs> living in a studio with no shower was the only option. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what clicked to you to start teaching people how to produce? Um... I don't know, I just, I'm very passionate about helping people mm -hmm. and like being of service. And yeah. so many people shared knowledge with me and kind of in a matter of speaking, like put me up on their shoulders with their experiences and their tricks and their knowledge that it just makes me feel good to know that I could have that effect with someone else and share my secrets or share what I've learned or share an experience and take time out of my schedule to help someone out because someone did that for me so you know I'm just trying to be one with that cycle mm -hmm. what did you learn from the Brills project oh my god how much time do we have <laughs> <laughs> I learned that you have to fuck this is like a crazy question yeah oh my god okay god there's so much um <clears throat> I learned that you have to be really careful about external validation. Mm. Internal validation is really like the key to being happy and inspired. Once you start putting all of your happiness and all of your worth as a person into outwardly success or being accepted by people or, you know, like what you've achieved, you're just setting yourself up for a really big crash because success isn't guaranteed and not everyone's gonna like you and tr uh, trends go in and out and things go up and down and the only way to ride those things gracefully and stay inspired and really stay positive and not get jaded is 
you have to be really grateful of who you are and really know your skills and know your passion and know your talent and believe in what you're doing so it carries you through to the next thing and um I could just ramble about this topic. No, I think I, like, can, I feel like they're interested to, to know your thoughts. All right, well, I learned that as an artist, you gotta switch things up. You gotta always create something new and keep people engaged because there's a lot of really amazing art out there. There's a lot of amazing artists. There's so much information. And, you know, our culture is very like, when we like something, we binge on it, but then we get burnt on it. And so I kind of learned that like, it's like if you're doing an artistic project, like take a wide stance, like keep your project diverse, like have different worlds that you can dip into and different aesthetics and different stories that you can tell because it's just gonna A, be more exciting for you not to be doing the same repetitive thing over and over again. And it's gonna be exciting for your fans that like, they get something like a little bit new every time. So that was a big lesson. Mm -hmm. um, I also learned that if you're gonna be in this scene, really think about what sets you apart from everyone else. Mm -hmm. So towards the end of the Brills project, it just felt like someone was playing almost the same set that I was playing in like 40 other cities in the country. It didn't start out like that. And obviously I'm the one that's in control of whether that happened or not because I could have taken a year off and written 40 original songs and then played a different set. Mm. But I didn't have that knowledge, you know? I just kind of was like in the race of it all, just playing shows, being on the road, just like everyone wants you to like go all the time, taking a breaks like crazy, the fear of being irrelevant or like falling off and then you know, I don't know, like, it's just a, it's a lot of, like, mental kind of, like, hecticness, and all of a sudden, like, two years will go by, and your creative output is, like, just really, really low, mm -hmm. and so the only, so I learned, like, not just to, like, make yourself unique, but the balance of creating, time to create, and then time to tour, those two have to be, like, an organism with each other. Because as soon as your set becomes something saturated, something that other people can play, like if an opener can play 40 of the songs that I played, why do I deserve to headline? Why do I deserve that fee to create an experience for all these kids that's like something special, you know? Mm -hmm. So with this new project, like I really took that to heart and like I'm writing like a ton of music and I'm just making sure that like it's so authentically me and comes from such a, a place that is just so true to me that no one out there is making a song that sounds like this because so much of my personality is in it. And with the like visual show I'm creating and like editing myself, like it's just gonna be a very unique experience. And it's really inspiring to like apply those lessons to this because mm -hmm. it's just making me more passionate about it, knowing that I've created something that I'm proud of that I think is special and something that I think will like resonate with people because it's coming from like a really real place. I'm not trying to like fit in with anyone. I'm not trying to copy anyone. I'm not trying to 
appeal to DJs. I'm not trying to appeal to like radio or I'm just being me, just letting it flow. And I did that in the beginning of Brills, but like success will sometimes teach you as much lessons as failure. And I think I had to go through all of those lessons to kind of come back around and kind of start fresh again. Mm -hmm. How did you come up with the name? Uh, Brills or Alice Dream? Alice Dream. Um, I came up with Alice Dream because I knew like one of my favorite topics in general is just the psychedelic mindset in a lot of ways. Like I love psychedelic music. I love psychedelic art. I love just like trippy, deep conversations. Um, I love the idea of like expanding consciousness and I love how through a psychedelic experience, like sometimes doors can open and perspectives happen and immense love comes out. And there's, I don't know, there's something magical about that whole idea. Mm -hmm. And I think back to my early twenties when I like experimented with psychedelics quite a bit and just remembered the way I connected to music, the way it made me feel just that heightened state of like oneness. Like I want to achieve that now just from my process. Like I want to write something that takes me there just like in a natural state, mm -hmm. you know? That's kind of interesting because you've been sober, right? That's right. So I don't do psychedelics now and I don't do any drugs now because I'm in recovery and I'm very grateful uh, to have some years sober. And so, yeah, it was also kind of like a cool way of being like, you know what, like, let's take, like, taking myself back to more of the spiritual and emotional and mental ideas of just the whole world of, like, psychedelics. Not the, not doing the drug, but just the result of that expansion of mm. consciousness, you know? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm also really, really into the idea of how science and spirituality, even though they're such opposing ideas in our society, mm -hmm. like to me, I find it really like inspiring and interesting the places where they like overlap. So I knew like my new project was gonna be about my like, things that inspire me like futurism AI but also like spirituality and I just realized that like with LSD for example it's like a synthesized chemical like substance that was like invented by like a chemist right mm -hmm. and as scientific as that is the results are like so profoundly spiritual yeah. I saw that was like really cool and I don't know I was just like playing around mm. with the word and then when I kind of figured out like the like LS dream, that wordplay, I don't know, I just felt like a cool story to tell that I could put all of my philosophies and spiritual ideas into and, and be connected to rave culture, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause that's like what it is. It's like, you know, it's, it's rave culture, but it's also kind of spiritual culture kind of all mixed together, which is just what I am. It's just me. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm about. I mean, look at my outfit. I was, yeah, I was just going to ask about your like, style. This is like, I'm just into it. Like, I just, I'm a wavy individual. <laughs> I love that. How would you say you've grown as a person since you were younger? Hmm. 
feel like I've lived like many lives and had like many chapters that have their own like little stories in it. I think the biggest thing is like breaking the conditioning that we get from our parents mm. and really realizing who we are and not that like just thinking that we are the combination of all these things that we've picked up, conditioning, programming, and that we can we can really heal those things and kind of like be vulnerable and embrace like who we really are and be able to catch those things and really just like improve in all areas. I think realizing that, that it was possible and that there are tools like books, like going to therapy or like doing retreats, meditation, all these things just bring you closer to like that inner truth. And so I think since I was young till now, that's been like the most profound change that has really made me more like have more empathy, be more compassionate to myself and to others, be more forgiving to myself and others, be more loving. Um, and through that process, like my demons came out and I went through really dark times and, you know, did a lot of shitty things and couldn't control myself when it came to certain addictions and you know substance abuse and I think ultimately the journey is like still continuing and I probably still have just as much to learn and probably always will but I think one thing that doesn't change since we're young to what maybe forever is like we all want to be loved and we all need to love and so really it's like peeling away the layers that block you from that. That's really been my, the biggest journey for me is like loving myself, you know, and, and breaking this, this idea that I'm not enough for whatever reason, mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know why I decided to believe that, you know, society, yeah. our parents, our friends, like certain things that happen to us when we get this idea, these limiting beliefs like stuck in our head. In our heart and that's definitely been the biggest change is like looking at those things and like dissolving them mm -hmm. was yeah. there a specific turning point that you're able to overcome these difficulties I think really in the past couple of years I think sobriety uh, doing a 12-step program really looking at yourself in a real honest way I think that was really uh, the biggest the biggest and realest thing because you know when I was young like yeah like I would read like Tao Te Ching and like read about Buddhism and do all this stuff but it was more just a vibe but now I'm older and things are more important to me like my idea of like mortality is like something that is like I couldn't feel that when I was like younger you know mm. or like the idea of like legacy or the idea of how fragile life is or like all these like really real things. And then just the idea of like, you know, why do I hurt myself the way that I do? Like, why do I treat myself like shit? What does success look like to you? Success looks like living your truth not for praise, not for validation, not for fame, not for money. It's living your truth, being passionate.
waking up every day going like, I'm grateful to be alive today. Like, I help people, I give love to people, people love me in return. Like, I have gratitude, I have opportunities. Like, success is, is that success to me. It's not an achievement, it's not an accomplishment, it's not what anyone else thinks. It's an internal state that anyone can have because, like, just being alive and having the opportunity to grow, that's it. Like, you can impact someone's life in a positive way, Mm -hmm. you know? It's amazing. Like, there's a lot of pain out there. There's a lot of sadness and, like, people, humans, like, we just have each other, you know? And that's, like, a big part of, like, the LS Dream Project. Like, the success of that project to me is can I impact people in a positive way? Can I give love? Can I share things that I've learned? Can I, can I create like, you know, a party or an experience or a show that <coughs> elevates people? <clears throat> Damn it, I need water, dude. <laughs> love to me is just the ultimate pure, pure purity. It's just like, Love means that you accept, and it means that you make a choice to give, you know? And it's, it's about, it's not about, I don't know, it's such a hard question. Mm-hmm. Love, love is everything. Love is, love created the universe, you know? Love is the force of just all of the beauty around us, you know? And it's something that we all need and something that we all want. And I don't know, it's like John Lennon said, you know, like love is all you need. And I, those words just resonate with me because I've had success, I've had money, I've had crazy, you know, play EDC three years in a row, like whatever, like, all these like accomplishments, like closed out the main stage at Red Rocks. I've had like my idols play my songs. Like I've done all these things. And like when those things go away, like there's no residual, like they're cool when they happen. They don't mean anything. They really don't. Like the only thing that means something is love. The love that you have for yourself, the love that you have for other people, like some people aren't spiritual. They're pure atheists. Like everything's like chaos, whatever. And I don't know. I don't know what someone like that like feels and thinks when it comes to these things. But me personally, I'm very spiritual. I just think love is the core of everything, mm-hmm. and that the most important love is self-love. What do you love about your wife? Everything. She's smart. She's more successful than me. She's more talented than me. She's prettier. She's, she's everything. No, my wife, um, she's like one of my biggest like spiritual teachers and also a muse and inspiration. A lot of my style inspiration I get from her. Like she's always opened me up to just like this kind of very like specific world of like only the dopest shit. And so it's just influenced me over the years. And uh, last year she learned how to read the tarot. Mm -hmm. 
she's really good at it and it's incredible it's been blowing my mind like the connection to that spiritual world and the way the cards are used to just deliver messages and guidance like it's just incredible and so it's been a huge influence on me just mm -hmm. spiritually you know people always want proof can you prove it and my whole thing is like our society like we're so like logical brain with that stuff but like sometimes when things just feel right it resonates like you just feel it like something is just like right about this and all of my spiritual practices I just stop trying to like look for proof and I stop trying to like be able to explain it to a scientist because I know for a fact that has elevated my life and has brought me more positivity and it brings people around me more positivity and inspires my music and just resonates like more than religion more than these other things so my wife our relationship our journey like the journey that we had you know like moving to LA with our dreams like being in this band and then the band not working and we've got no money and we're homeless and we're fucking splitting subways every day and like there's nothing wrong with subway I still eat subway <laughs> but like that's literally all we could eat and like just one a day and then I have cookies for dinner Anyway, my point was, at one point, we decided to just forgive ourselves for not making it. And we decided to forgive ourselves for not following through with all our expectations. Like, we should be here. We should have this. We should have done that. We shouldn't have done that. And just, like, accepted what is. And, like, just put it into, we just asked for that help. Like... Like, if I'm supposed to do music, help me, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, she had a number one hit song and has continued to write, like, hit records for, like, other people as a songwriter. And I've started my whole career and, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, like, we have a good influence on each other. Like, we're just, just a good team, I guess. Mm -hmm. Last question. What do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for just being a force of positivity on the planet. Mm -hmm. That's it. I just want to know that, that I made a difference here. Whether I make a difference or not, if there's a couple of people that are here when I'm gone that have better lives that I've helped in any way possible and they remember me for that, that's great. Yeah. That, that would make me happy. Like. I don't need to be in any hall of fame of any kind. I don't need plaques. I don't need statues. I don't need like, I don't need anything material at all because none of it matters when you're gone. The only thing that matters is the effect that you had on what's still here. So that's it. That's where I'm at. That's where my head is at. That's where my heart is at. Mm -hmm. Like that's why I started this project it's not just about the music to me, it's about just a message of mm -hmm. inspiration and love and healing and spirit and and also being able to have fun in that whole context. Like it's not all super serious, you know? Yeah. I love that. This is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye. Bye. <laughs> sorry, sorry for rambling. <laughs> oh, they're in a little bit.